Hello, welcome back to another episode of Out of Context, the podcast where we talk about weird, disturbing things such as tooth in the eye surgery. And you heard me right, tooth in the eye kind of surgery, where this was actually, you would think that kind of thing was back in the 1800s. No, 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 this started back in the 1960s. It is actually known to work, um, like to be put, a tooth being put in an eye of a blind person to restore their sight. And still to this day, 2022, this is still happening. And if you want to Google search it, you can, because I read a few interesting articles in the Google search images. Uh, It's going to be another night of I can't sleep. But anyway, enough about me and my wet dreams. My co-host here is Adrian. Women are aroused by chimpanzee porn, if you know that. 2005 study published that gathered 18 heterosexual women and 18 heterosexual men and showed them several pornographic films featuring humans and one featuring chimpanzees. Men showed neither objective nor subjective sexual arousal while viewing the chimpanzee porn, but women did. How are you doing? For one, you stepped into my territory, alright? I brought us into this episode. I come with the disturbing facts, and you just like overshadow me you step into my spotlight you steal my thunder with your own facts and sir if i had a glove and i could take it off i would slap you with it but i neither have a glove nor am i within distance to slap you in the face well it was something interesting i had to to talk about i mean the the tooth in the eye thing that's pretty disturbing and i'm even afraid to google such a thing but as I was watching chimpanzee porn, knowing that it didn't really arouse me at all, I wondered. So I looked over to, you know, to, to my female associate, and she was really aroused by it. Needless to say, she had to leave. But other than that, I mean, uh, life is good. And uh, are you ready for a good show today? Wait, no, okay. I don't know why I keep doing this every episode. So I'm actually looking on the Google images for tooth and eye surgery. And it's really not as disturbing as you would think it is, but there was one little image that caught my eye and I don't know why I clicked it before trying to see it beforehand. It's basically a surgery where the nose, it's like pulled up so that cartilage and everything that's in your nose, it's like, ugh, no, why, close, close. I can't go down this rabbit hole again. Okay, (laughs) yeah, Um, so. Today, this, since you know we like to talk about disturbing things, and uh, Ashley isn't known to go down rabbit holes, but I have closed out the disturbing, the disturbing Google search for, for now, and I'm sure before this episode's over with, there'll be probably something else that pops up. But we're going to be the Basic Bitch Podcast, and we're going to have at least an episode where we talk about serial killers. But before you can fully roll your eyes and groan. We're not going to talk about any of the mainstream ones. We're not talking about, um, like, you know, Dahmer, um, Bundy, you know, um, John Wayne Gacy. Like, all, like, the people that you probably hear about, if there's a Netflix documentary about it, we're probably not going to talk about them. Um, it's just kind of seeing things that's just a little interesting. Um, try to talk about the ones that, you know, that aren't really in the spotlight. If you heard of them, that's awesome. But it's, you know, just discussing, you know, just couple serial killers in light of the Dahmer docu-series or drama show I don't know what it is it you know just why not why not just throw out and be that basic podcast for at least one episode 
Yeah, why not? I mean, we do stand out amongst all the other millions of podcasts on this earth, and our content is pretty much, you know, untouchable to most. So, yes, you are correct. We're going to dial it back a bit, and we're going to fall into the category, you know, of crime drama and things of that nature and talk about serial killers. But my question to you before we get started is what attracted you to the art of the serial killer? Was it the actual kill itself? Was it their mindset? What was it really for you? So for me, um, I want to put a disclaimer out there that when I discuss serial killers, there's no romanticizing them. I like my fictional evil bad dudes, but in real life, uh, I don't romanticize people that do this. What interests me is what we always talk about. It's just the weird and disturbing and, you know, unpopular things that, you know, cross the, the, the board. So with serial killers, it's, I don't listen to a lot of podcast crimes uh, for serial killers or anything like that, but I, it's interesting for me to hear, you know, how they, they did it, uh, why like usually there's you know a lot of the things that a lot of the whys kind of come back from trauma or whatever and but it's usually i'm interested of i guess their creativity um because a lot of serial killers have the same amount of murder strangle rape and blah 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 but there's some out there that are a little different than the others um i mean of course they're killing people but they usually have a different motive behind it and for me it's just interesting to see how a person's mind worked in this sense um like they just did it and it was just you know like another regular day like they went out to get the newspaper and walked back into the house that's what killing people is. and for me it's you know well i wish i could just eradicate the human race myself i do not act on these urges because i don't want to go to prison <laughs> me neither the whole uh, anal raping thing and stuff like that that is a hardcore deterrent from uh, sending me upstate. Um, but no, I share the same sentiment. Um, of course, I have to say, you know, I'm not in love with the act of a serial killer or I'm not fascinated by it, anything of the sort. It's more of a curiosity because there's a lot of excuses, valid or invalid excuses, to why people choose to take that route in their life, whether it be their upbringing, the abuse, a relationship, a parent, a relative or just something, you know, internally in themselves, which makes them to want to turn that corner. Me being a father, of course, I never want to experience any kind of particular serial killer, you know, harming my child, or even my child becoming a serial killer, because you're going to look in the mirror and wonder, did I do that? Was there something that I said or did in their upbringing which caused them to take that path? So that's another different way to look at it. And of course, it's like any. You know, of course, the psychological feature of it too. Wondering what made them do what they do. Obviously, they don't have our brains. They don't have our mindset. Each person's different, like a snowflake. So I just wonder, not necessarily what the trigger was, but what was the thought process that went into whether it be mass stabbing or mass shooting or just something, uh, something like that. So, okay, real quick. I say this in a bad way, but how amazing would it be if your son turned into a serial killer? Because that's like immediate access that I could just interview him like, Agent, I want to visit your kid in jail or in prison. 
I want him handcuffed, obviously, but I need to ask him his way of thinking, and I just need to know personal embarrassing details about you. So, Jay, that would be awesome. I mean, I'm not... So I have two dreams for your kid now. Um, for him to make you a granddad as soon as possible, or him becoming a serial killer. I am fine with uh, which avenue I fully support him. I mean, he needs to live his dreams. Well, I mean, you know, of course, me being a you know, sarcastic asshole, I would think that, you know, Mr. Walker, you know, your son slaughtered 15 people, and his reasoning was he saw you walk out of the shower naked. Or you know, he saw you playing a video game that he wouldn't that you wouldn't allow him to play. That was his trigger point. He went out and he slaughtered a gaggle of nuns. That was the reasoning. Yes, I would feel bad. I would feel just extremely horrible. But I would have to giggle because I would say, Oh, I wouldn't let him play Tetris with me, or I didn't let him win Tetris. That was a trigger effect. <sighs> he needs to lighten up. But I, I, I digress. So for me, I mean, all I can think is like you probably ate the last apple fritter. You know, when he was growing up, I did take the last apple fritter. So maybe I need to have well, that conversation. Now you know. Now you know. Like, just when we get off the, like, is, is, is he at home with you or is he out, you know, uh, making babies? He better not be, but he's out and about with his buddies and his and his significant other. So, yes, he's not making but, babies. And then a text just like, hey, um, you wouldn't have to have any serial killer tendencies, would you? He probably wouldn't answer, knowing his sarcastic abilities. He learned from me. No, he, he probably wouldn't answer that. Oh, well. Um, if you hear any background noises, I have two German Shepherds trying to, like, you know, break down my door because they have to be in here with me. Because, God forbid, they can't see me and the world is ending. But, um, so, I know we were just talking about how we don't want to romanticize or look into, you know, uh, serial killers. Well, it's just kind of ironic. I mean, it's not romanticizing, but there's a serial killer that it's interesting. And just letting everyone know, a serial killer is classified if they've killed three to more people. Um, so there's one I looked up, and his name is Pedro Rodriguez Filho. Like, if I miss, like, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm white, all right? I'm not, if it's not the basic Becky Smith kind of names, I'm not going to get them right. Um... But his name is Pedro Rodriguez. Uh, he, you can Google him by searching the Brazilian Dexter or the South American Punisher. So, and he's still alive to this day, this guy. So pretty much what happened, um, he kind of grew up, you know, not having, uh, kind of like in the poor setting. Um, you know, he started off with stealing, uh, petty crimes, this and that. And of course, where he's from in South America, it's crimes, there's war, all this stuff that's going on. and But he never really did anything major. Well, um, he was convicted of being a serial killer for going on a killer spree. Um, he basically was killing um, criminals like as a teenager from the age of 14 to 19, because pretty much what triggered this is that he had a girlfriend and she was pregnant with his child. And a rival, in a rival gang, Per, like gang like murdered her I don't know the reason why it was probably gang related rivalry I'm sure but basically is a rival gang murdered his pregnant girlfriend so he, he was officially sentenced with just 71 murders but he's claimed to have murdered over a hundred drug dealers race rapists murderers 
and he's only served 34 years in prison. He was re released in 2007. He went back on, like, different charges, like, inciting riots and stuff, but he's out and about. Like, he was released in 2018. But this is a guy that has been convicted of 71 murders, but he's claimed to have murdered more than 100 people. And these are, like, gang people that, as I said, dealers, rapists, murderers. So he's known as the South American Punisher. And, um, you know, so it's like, um, I'm not saying it's right, but I understand. I'm not romanticizing him, but I'm like, you know what? This is not a serial killer that I would think, oh, he's a sick son of a bitch. I'm like, nice. And then know that this guy is just still alive. Just, you know, chef's kiss. Uh, it, you know, you know, round of applause for this guy. It's amazing to know that the serial killers that we'll be talking about today, some of them we can actually relate with. And that's not to say that, you know, we are these weird sociopaths, you know, ready to snap at a moment's notice, but it's a fair play on society to know that it can happen to either one of us. And to quote the Joker, all it takes is just one bad day. And it's, it's a normal mental quality that everybody has. We just don't do it. You know, we have the, we have the capability in our mind to go, we understand it's wrong, so we just don't do it. But if something, if something that we feel that's near and dear to us, something threatens that, something that threatens the fabric of our society and our world, we are going to feel justified to do something about that. And we have the ability to, to do that, to take a life or one or two or three. And so as we read over these, just like you said, we're not romanticizing them. Not, we don't even relate to them, but a small part of us can go, hmm, I can see that if given the right circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, now, <laughs> I, I don't know, it's, it's kind of weird. So as you say, where we can relate to serial killers, like, I mean, for every episode you can probably hear me talk, it's... If you woke up tomorrow and seeing my name in a headline that Ashley went on a killing spree and, you know, responsible for at least, so far, 50 deaths, I think you would not even be surprised. I, I wouldn't be. I would just say, oh, it finally happened? <laughs> Took long enough. And then I come knocking on your door. I'm like, hey, Adrian, how's it going? And I will offer you an apple fritter and take five steps back. It's okay. Yeah, so basically um, that's where it goes back to me playing Sims and video games because I love those tendencies. I don't want to go to prison. I enjoy, you know, the life I have to, to an extent I, I'm comfortable. I don't want to go to prison. I don't want to wear orange. I don't, I don't want to be around a bunch of chicks and have to convert to being a lesbian. I don't want that, you know. <laughs> and it's just, I, I don't. But, you know, um, you know do, you, do you have someone you want to talk about? Absolutely. So we'll we'll make the hot tag back to my direction here. So again, if I butcher this name, I apologize. Well, not really. He's a serial killer, so I'm not going to apologize. One of the lesser known. His name is Luis Alfredo Garavito. Now, allegedly, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I do like Alfredo. Um, with 138 proven child murders behind him. Um, with a suspected total of at least 400, um, he has uh, carved his way through the Colombian judicial system. 
Now, of course, the reasoning behind it, which he says, you know, he's a victim of sexual abuse himself, um, but he would capture, torture, and rape boys between the ages of 8 and 16 years old, you know, eventually uh, killing them via cutting their throats. Now, the kicker on this one, other than, you know, doing such heinous things, um, in Colombian, he is eligible for parole, so which means he can be back on the streets at any given time. Now, he was born in 1957, so you know, thankfully speaking, he's not long for this earth for very long. But um, it just shows that that's a lot of people to go through. And if you even can fathom taking one person's life and then allegedly 138, I mean, there's really no sarcastic joke I'm, I'm, I'm willing to make, but you must get out of bed very early in the morning. Your schedule must be full to do something so heinous. I mean, how could you even, once again, I can't even fathom, that's my secret word, I can't even fathom doing something like that. No, but, but this person is still alive and he's, a, he, he's eligible to be released. If he's still alive, yeah, because I'm like looking, I'm, as you're talking, I'm looking him up myself. Because it's, you know, it's funny, he, the person um, that, you just talked about, he, I almost selected him to talk about. Um, it, so, but, so I had a, I went back into my search history to just pull back up some things. It's, you know, it's it's scary that you, when you look at these other countries, that I don't want to say third world or anything like that, but yeah, these countries that um, it's not as modernized as a lot of other countries are, where someone like this like this guy he can kill and do these sick twisted dormant things and then it's like well we're gonna let you out early on good behavior we're gonna let you out on parole despite that you're still an able-bodied person i understand no i don't want to say i understand but let's say hypothetically um you know he's served like 30 years or whatever which is still not enough if he was wheelchair bound and couldn't do anything and you want to just kick him out and he has to try to suffer living on the streets by all means but when this dude can still walk move talk and do things and you're gonna let him out of prison for what he did um there's there's an issue there uh i would there's animal rights activists i don't understand why they're not prison activists that go to these places like are you are you you're kidding right you're just gonna let him walk out of here where he can still do that stuff yeah pretty much Cool. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna leave before you let him out. Yeah, I wanna make sure I'm in another state. Uh, I, you know, I'm not saying he'll go for me next, but I just don't want the idea popped in. I don't want the idea popped in his head. I uh, still have my childish wonder, and that just might be tempting enough for him. <laughs> so, what about you? What was your next one? So my next one is where is he? Where is he? Where is he? So it's not a whole. He's kind of like a basic. Serial killer. It's the BTK killer. He's not super mainstream, but you know, I'm I'm sure I've heard his name around here and there. But I don't really, I haven't really watched or seen things on him. The only reference I have about him is I've heard him about him watching Criminal Minds years ago. Um, he called himself the BTK killer because he bound, tortured, and killed his victims. Um, you know, typical serial killer. Grew up in a, you know, raised in the you know, out in the West. Uh, out in Kansas had a pretty normal childhood but um, he killed animals um, 
developed sexual fantasies that involved bondage. He served in the Air Force. Uh, and, but basically, he just started killing. Um, mostly, just it was just he would go to random houses and kill families, like you know, children. Um, mostly, like mostly women, and he would take trophies, which would be the like underwear and stuff. And he clearly wanted the attention because when his name, despite everything that he was doing in the news networks weren't really releasing and talking about him he wrote a letter you know that it's like how many people do i have to kill before i get a name in the paper or some national attention and this results in a, in a panic and then he waited like eight years before he murdered again so he wasn't like rapidly murdering people but it was like kind of on and off and so pretty much i guess it was like around 10 years or something like, I'm, I'm trying to read the timeline here, but pretty much everyone just assumed he had either died or been in prison. No one was really adamantly looking for him anymore. And for some odd reason, um, he just decided to start sending letters again because he just wanted the attention. Um, so he was sending, um, you know, he like he would use cereal boxes um, to write on and to have messages, he would have drawings, crime souvenirs, photographs, uh, descriptions of the murders that only the police would know, or dolls posed in the in a way to mimic the deaths. And you know, and this is like back in 2005, so it's not super long ago that it basically it revealed enough evidence that they were able to find him. And then, because, of, what was it? They were able to trace a floppy disk he wanted to send them. And they were able to trace him through that. It doesn't really say how they did it. Um, oh, they, tra they traced it to his church where he served as president of the congregation. So, of course, he was a church man. And then his DNA was then matched to semen found at the very first crime scene. So, he was arrested in 2005, confessed, and... Uh, you know, he he's still alive to this day, actually. But the one thing that baffled me that really... Ch the reason why I chose him, whereas he's just a typical... Um, I want not golden hair, but basic serial killer, is the reason why we're serial killers, where they like to murder, a lot of them like to rape. He did not want to rape. The reason of that being is he felt like cheating on his wife was wrong. <laughs> doing all this stuff killing children, killing families all of this shit but he drew the line at another thing because cheating on his wife would have been wrong well if you really think about it most people that have these mental defects their reasoning only makes sense to them it doesn't have to make sense to I us that. I get that but that's what baffled me is when I read that fact because I was Doing research and reading about different serial killers and who I want to talk to, and I'm browsing through the, his articles, and that's when I saw that, and I read it. And I just kind of went around to make sure that what it, you know, it wasn't just a, a fake little fact. And I thought, oh my god. So yeah, I understand. There's we can't, you can never really relate. I guess in some ways, but there's a thought process that we'll just never understand. But it just made me laugh. That's like all the things he did he's like oh no that would just be horrible it wouldn't be right to do that to my wife i'm like 
Well, when you went to prison, you sure did start cheating on her then. So, <laughs> where are we at now? I guess his lovely moral compass. Now, see, uh, let's see, I have one for you. And, of course, uh, these, these lists that I'm speaking from, they come from listverse.com. Uh, listverse.com. You can look up uh, any kind of weird, bizarre list, gaming list, serial killer list, any kind of list they have out there. I do definitely recommend looking this up. Just, just for pure entertainment. And this is what this is. So we're going to look at uh, Amelia Dyer. Um, she passed away in 1896. So I think we're okay. Now, what's interesting about her, <laughs> she made a career out of uh, baby farming. Now, whereas she would uh, take children in return for payment back then. And of course, you know, she would lie to the parents, giving up their children by saying... You know, child with me will have a good home and a mother's love. Um, and of course, with her, she had no qualms about killing children. Now, her story, you know, she was infamous for strangling uh, the children by tying tape around their neck and enjoying watching them slowly suffocate. And one of her quotes is, I used to like to watch them with tape around their neck, but it was soon all over with them. Now, of course, with her murdering spree, it ended with her execution in 1896. So, it's mainly romanticized by, the, by, by, by media nowadays that the serial killers by men are the, most, you know, are the most important, are the most horrific. But I believe that women serial killers, they're out there. They're just not really put out to the forefront because no one can really, no one can really understand, no one can really comprehend a female serial killer. Now, the most famous one, of course, is Eileen Warnos, but there's been so many you know before that so i mean what, what do you think i don't i don't know i'm just like I, honestly i'm just like kind of more stunned you know that just goes back into thinking about these serial killers it's just i i don't know i, I don't know to be honest uh, it's it like I said. It's definitely inter an interesting case study, you know, on 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 your human mind, and what and why they do what they do, especially for a female, especially for a female serial killer, because it hits a little more difficult because that's something you really don't think that happens. Now, do you have an I, I think it's weird where you think not not you. I'm saying where most people would think, oh, there's not that many women serial killers. I guarantee you there's probably more female serial killers than there are men um, in the history. So, and I, I hate the whole gender thing, but um, a lot of things is, I guess you can go up to intellect where women can be smarter. Like it's the whole stereotype where women are smarter and sneakier and stuff. But I just find it really hard to believe that you have all of these men throughout like history that can be recorded enough just for like the last 200 years alone um it's even hard to imagine how many serial killers there were that aren't super recorded and there's hardly any women that pop up and that's where it's like probably because you just didn't suspect them or believe it because think about this history is uh, even just like a hundred years ago uh women couldn't vote they couldn't drive god forbid um they got their blouses or their dresses dirty it's just anything that seems manly, it would be like, oh no, a woman couldn't have done that. It's just unheard of. Um, if a woman was to fix a mechanical machine, oh no, that just couldn't happen. Never could have happened. 
uh, a man, a man, a strong man must have did this, not a woman. So imagine how many of these types of deaths throughout history that they just never found the killer because they just couldn't even bother with the idea that it could have been a female. They're just like, nope, can't be a female. Despite, let's say, hypothetically, lipstick was left on the crime scene and a kissy face on the person's, oh yeah, his wife must have gave him a kiss goodbye. But sir, he wasn't married. Oh, well, he probably just slept with a woman before he got married. Probably like an arranged lover or something, but just a lot. Think of it that way. Like you think just how the police are between now and back then, a lot of them are not super reliable and having that mindset that they just wouldn't believe it's a female. Where I'm, I don't fully believe it, but I think it's interesting, like, you know, when you talk about Jack the Ripper, there's a lot of theories that it, the Jack the Ripper was actually a female um, rather than it being a male because um, there's a lot of things I read about it. So despite, you know, uh, it was mostly prostitutes and ladies of the night that were being killed. You know, you would think they have their money, they have to earn their money, they have to make their living, so they'll still just trust any guy, but you would think they'd be on edge, there would be more screams or anything, so what better than it's another woman that you trust and you're with and it's them that kill you. I wouldn't know the entire motivation, depends on the theory that you're reading about. Um, it's just, you know, I so that's where I stand on it is a lot of females were overlooked just simply because of their gender that they could have been serial killers and a lot of females can be more creative if you look at jokes this day is you know a guy if he's angry he'll punch a wall whereas the woman she will destroy your entire fucking life and future generations to come and so it's like I feel like that's that's not looked at enough and I'm pretty sure there's plenty of female serial killers to this day and they're just not known or discovered or found out oh absolutely and <clears throat> do you have one more for me or should i give you one more um so i have i, I have a, like one and a half okay um this one his name is carl panzeran um you know carl pans ram yeah that's what it is so this guy you know he had a typical you know rough life this was like back in the early 1900s he was born like in the late 1800s and you know he just started off like growing up in a poor home just like you know a lot of other male serial killers and he started at a, like when he was as young as age 12 he committed his first burglary where he stole like food and a gun from a nearby home um you know he he went to a training school or as a child, he was beaten, raped, and tortured by school staff because back then, adults could just do whatever the fuck they wanted to children. And, you know, and when he ran away and he was, you know, train hopping, uh, he had said in an interview that he was gang raped by a group of hobos and um, it shocked him to the core where it turned him into a sadder, sicker, but wiser boy. And he ended up becoming where, he, unfortunately, he became a, a serial killer, a rapist of, of young boys and teenagers. And because basically he would, like th this traumatic stuff happened to him as a kid. Of course, it's not an excuse or anything, but it's just, I guess in some way it triggered his mindset that 
when he was most vulnerable and when he's developing, these situations happen more than once to him. And then even before he started actually killing, uh, he went, it was like for burglary again, something like that, but he went to, yeah, it was, he was stealing. He went to prison again in 1908, and from a quote of his, from his experience at that facility, he said, I was a pretty rotten egg before I went there, but when I left there, all of the good that may have been in me had been kicked out, kicked and beaten out of me, which goes to prisons, how even to this day, you go in there and you're just treated like an animal. And again, some people it's deserved. Um, other people where it's like, hey, you might get out in 10 years. Is this really doing, is this doing more harm than good to someone that will eventually return to civilization? Now you have a life sentence because you did something completely horrible, gruesome, by all means, suffer. But once again, if there is a possibility that you will walk out of those walls and be joined with society, why would you treat them like they're disgusting human beings because how are they going to act when they get out and because this is what happened with this guy uh he was a child that didn't have anyone there from he got all these horrible things done to him but again i'm not making excuses uh but this is like i'm assuming this is his mindset that you know tweaks into his personality to where it's like i'm gonna do all this stuff now and he fully admitted he's like he knows he is he was a horrible person he you know, he knew, um, uh, like, he was never going to stop. He wasn't going to stop until he got caught. And when he got caught, he was like, you better kill me or else I'm just going to keep this going. He, when he was caught, um, finally, um, after he confessed to the killings, it was made like, hey, just leave me alone and I'm not going to do anything to you guys. And um, basically, I guess it was a guard that was just being a dick to him. And sure enough, uh, Carl killed him, killed the fuck out of him. And, you know, so one of the last quotes he was said, uh, you know, after, you know, killing him, um, yeah, he killed, yeah, but, yeah, he killed a lot of people in prison. I'm like looking down, it's like, oh, he killed this person. Oh, well, he killed this person in prison. Oh, he killed this person too. But, you know, um, he was eventually sentenced to death, which was pretty much like a dream come true to him. And he said, I look forward to a seat in an electric chair or dance at the end of a rope, just like some folks do for their wedding night. And when human rights activists tried to interfere on his behalf and stop his execution, he scorned them and publicly wished that he could kill them all. Because once again, he was a serial killer that had no remorse for what he was doing. If he had the chance, he would continue to keep doing it. And, you know, uh, his... Uh, his last words before hanging was hurry it up you hosier bastard I could kill a dozen men while you're screwing around so this guy was just I want to die I don't want to do this but I'm gonna still keep doing it and I'm not gonna feel any remorse so it's either you kill me or I'm gonna keep killing you and that's that's disturbing on so many levels the fact of now he's not really famous you know, but he's on a level, you know, to where that we are talking about him to this day. And yeah, that's that's scary in itself. You know, and then of course the, the serial killers that we're talking about, the lesser known ones, yeah, then you know they're they're out there and they are labeled as famous because of all the things they've done, you know. You know, the the, the bad goes along with the good. <laughs> and that's that's very, very disturbing. 
Now, a really good thing. Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, by all means, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Oh, so, and it just brings it back to, it's just, for me, it's intriguing for me to see the backgrounds, um, why they're doing this. It's not even the matter of why, it's like how they're doing it. Um, like, it was just, it's just seeing what their mindset is, or even if they, they don't have a mindset, it's just like, oh, just like breathing air. I just do it. Uh, I see somebody and I just want to kill them. And, you know, again, I, I get over a lot of the mainstream uh, serial killers. I get romanticized, which I think is disgusting. But I think we're not going too deep into it because he is considered mainstream to a point. But H.H. Holmes, he's the guy that made the murder castle. Or the cut short, I mean, he he's a guy that built a hotel uh, in, I think, what was it, Chicago? Yeah. Yes. In Chicago. And it's just, he hired and fired contractors as each room and floor was being done. So no one knew what was doing. You had doors that went to nowhere. You had, um, you know, secret passages, trap doors, soundproof rooms, doors that can be locked from the outside, gas, jet, uh, gas jets, kilns to cremates, I mean, little shoots that can slide the bodies all over. That is just... You would think hearing about something like that would be something out of fiction, like out of a horror movie or uh, or a book. And this guy just brought this to life. And the fact that it would be in such a busy city and no one really super suspect of what was going on in that building. Um, what, what was it? How's it going somewhere? Oh yeah, another thing is that any employees that he did have he required all of his employees to carry life insurance policies, naming him as the beneficiary. Uh, why? I don't understand where some... I, I can only think that people back then need a job who work and support fam their own families, but if I'm going to work for someone in a need of like, hey, I want you to put me as the beneficiary, or it doesn't matter if anyone comes up to me and says they want me to add them as the beneficiary, if I were to die, I'm going to stay the, the fuck away from them. Yeah, there's just so many red flags. And sometimes, sometimes, you know, serial killers or just murderers in general, they're very charismatic. So they can present something to you as bizarre, as weird as it is, but it's all about the presentation. It's 70% how you say it versus 30% of what you say. And obviously, we look back at it now, and we're like, I would never, ever do that. But it takes a charismatic person with a great personality sometimes to persuade you to do things you never, ever think you'd ever do. And that worked That worked well for him, obviously. Yeah, I don't know. Again, I see what you mean by someone being charismatic. And um, I guess, in a way, I mean, he wasn't a serial killer as far as I know, at least. But my uncle, he was such a scammer, a con artist. And my mom, I remember my mom used to say that he could grab a bag of dirt and make someone believe it was gold. And so I understand that there's people out there, but I'm the type of person that goes with my gut instinct. I just don't trust people out of general. You have to truly, truly show me to trust you or else I will always doubt everything you do. Because throughout history and even present time, I don't believe and good people. I believe there are people that can do good things, but I always think that there's alternatives, there are motives behind everything, or when push comes to shove, your true intentions will come out. 
because we're we're born we're immediately selfish because we're crying because we want food we want to sleep we want this we want that so think of it in the way that we're we are born needing stuff and throughout our lives we are and again there are people that do really good things but that's that's what they are they are people who can do good things i just do not believe in an all-around 100 percent good person besides keanu reeves uh, that's the only person that like i just can't i don't i i don't know i don't even think that guy could step on an ant without probably crying um you had me you, you had me going until you mentioned keanu reeves yeah well look keanu reeves come on now but it's I, so when i say this to friends or people that i know and they're like oh ashley blah 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 i'm like no 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 you don't understand this if someone came to me and presented me with a million dollars hey just push someone from the bus i'm like can i pick or are you picking and they're like we'll pick i don't care who they pick i will push somebody from a bus if it's to get if i knew there'd be no consequences like i said i'm not going to jail or anything like that it's simple cut and dry you push this person in front of a moving bus you will get a hundred million dollars or a million dollars and walk away no consequences whatsoever will you do it yep before they even finish that sentence, the person's already under the bus. I mean, you know I've talked about this. I would push you under a bus for like a for a quarter. This is why we don't hang out. Yeah, and you're gonna come hang out with me for my birthday soon. So this is your final method of getting rid of me and having us all to yourself finally on your birthday. No, no, think of it this way. There's gonna be witnesses, so you'll be safe. Okay, I definitely feel much better now. Now my <laughs> my last and final one. Now, I'm going to butcher this name, so just bear with me. Alexander, oof, uh, Pika, excuse me, Pick Hushkin, P-I-C-H-U-S-H-K-I-N. Uh, How do you say that again? Pick Hushkin. Bless you. Yes, exactly. Uh, whatever I have, it needs to be cured fast, something like that. Now, he's known by the name of the chessboard killer. Now, his intention is to set out to kill as many people as possible, as there are spaces on a chessboard. Now, of course, you know, uh, he claims that, you know, that he didn't do it or, you know, that he has not been caught. And, you know, but eventually he was caught because he wanted to say he wanted to keep on, he wanted to keep on doing it. Um, He would explain that he felt like God while carrying out the murders. Uh, He would end the lives of his victims with a hammer blow to the head. Now, he is quoted, just like you quoted about the previous person, uh, I kill in order to live, because when you kill, you want to live. And, of course, he's currently serving the first, the first portion of his life uh, in jail, of course, in which he's in solitary confinement because he cannot get along well with others due to his thirst to kill. So that in itself, once again, hammer blow to the head, that's that's definitely pretty violent and he wanted to kill people in the way of a chessboard and so what are your thoughts on that one i can think is the science of the lamb is someone is in a hole and instead of put the lotion in the basket is play a move play a move (laughs) just like play a move or if you make the front move i'm gonna kill you and I feel like it was just more of him trying to make himself better. And any time that someone made the wrong move or they beat him at chess, kill them because he'd be so mad. He'd be like, fuck you. Well, which makes me feel better because I don't know how to play chess. So, yeah, you know, I, I think I'm. 
I, you know, I definitely think I'm safe from that one. So, <laughs> as we're done with this particular chapter of speaking about serial killers, what what is your grand synopsis on just serial killers in whole? I mean, I know we repeated a couple of things here and there, but what's your general synopsis on serial killers, and and how do you think they will fare you know, amongst today's um, society, knowing we have forensics, knowing we have state of the art, you know gadgets to, to catch serial killers like this you know dna and and fingerprints and stuff like that so it's funny you should say that because currently there's a serial killer that's active as of today right now in the stockton uh, california uh, i don't know the the details of it i'm not gonna look it up but i just know when i was doing my own research i was seeing stockton serial killer and i mean you're seeing articles that are just two hours ago um, eight hours ago, a day ago, there, you know, about a Stockton serial killer. Wait, Stockton serial killer is judged and I uh, serial killer suspect. Oh, so they have a suspect. But other than that, let me close it out so I don't put on that rabbit hole. Um, just thinking all around about serial killers is just kind of interesting. I understand where listening to killer crime podcasts, it's interesting. A lot of people listen to it. There's the memes that girls like to do it. It's because it's interesting because there are things that are out of the ordinary and it's just something that you just don't expect. Um, I mean, for me, it's just it's just me being interested in what's going on and trying to pick apart in my own sense and way of how did that work, why did that make sense to them, things such as that. Um, and I always will make the joke, I mean, kind of a joke, that I envy serial killers from the 1800s and back because there wasn't that evidence. There really wasn't that kind of stuff. You had to be really stupid to get caught because I think about how killers in the 1800s were caught and hanged and stuff. And I'm thinking there was no forensic evidence. How would they have known? I mean, I can understand there's probably a lot of people that were executed and they didn't commit the crime. Uh, I am very positive of that, but all I can think is how dumb were, could you have been to get caught when there's literally no way that it could have been proven unless they literally, someone literally saw you do it, they found the body in your property, something that's just, I don't know, I mean you could easily just travel like a few states over on your horse, kill a bunch of people, and then ride back out somewhere into the west, it's just, I don't understand how people would find out and know without it being very obvious and you left witnesses alive versus to today as you said there's forensics there's cameras if you go out in public just automatically assume there is a camera watching you any move you make there's just a camera when you're on the toilet a camera is watching you you may not think so but i'm pretty sure there's a camera watching you uh, it might be me who knows uh you know uh you need to get better toilet paper by the way adrian two ply uh, shit okay fun but it's, it's so it's very, the fact is that there's people, I think it's people that kill nowadays. I, I'm sure there's very, very smart, intelligent people that are serial killers in other countries to hear, and they just haven't been caught. I mean, statistically, there's always, I think, what was it? The certain number of serial killers that are still active every day. So you catch one, there's like still 14 more active. There's just always going to be serial killers. And again, there's ones that just simply don't get caught because they go after... Um, people that live on the streets like the homeless or sex workers and stuff where according to society standards they don't matter which I think is bullshit but they go after that where the missing 
searches people don't think about um you have the you have hikers you have uh runaways you have hitchhikers on uh, roads out in the middle of nowhere so it's really open season for a lot of these situations to happen but again i feel like people that were killing back in the 80s and 90s that are still alive today are getting caught because forensic evidence and people doing the ancestry dna stuff so it's just it's i feel like it's harder to be a serial killer today you have to be very smart to get away with it versus 1800 1800s and back is you'd have to be very stupid in my opinion to get caught back then of course and it just it, it makes me chuckle a little bit in a very bizarre way you know that you had um, you know serial killers like Jack the Ripper or even a little bit further back the Salem witch trials and you know, to where like you said there are a whole lot of you know killers out there that were really really innocent or there were serial killers in the name of religion you know, and that's a whole another you know barrel of apples we can open up another day but it's just once again it's the psychology you know of it that just makes me wonder you know what would it take you know for you to take that corner you know, for you to quote unquote snap and and just take out as many people as you can because you see things differently. So, you know, that, that, that always kind of got me. But we're going to play a new game because we've been talking about murder, death, kill for the past hour. And so I want to kind of end off on a good note. So we are not going to do Pick the Porn this week. What? No, we're not going to do Pick the Porn this what? week. But I'm going to play a new game with you. Just, just, just a one-time game. Just a one-time game. This one is called Ashley's Attitude. And how this, <laughs> how this works, I'm going to give you three weird sex facts that will make you cringe. And I'm going to give you ten seconds to talk about, to respond to each fact that I give you. Okay, uh, I think it'd be easier to do one at a time because I might not remember each one. So I think give me one fact at fact at a time. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, fact number one: a third of a third of Americans ages seventy five to eighty five still have oral sex. One, one more sex fact in the land of senior citizens. Comprehensive two thousand seven. Study published in a New England Journal of Medicine found that 31% of Americans ages 75 to 85 still engage in oral sex. And for Americans ages 57 to 75, that number was 58%. Your thoughts on that one? Yeah, that doesn't make me cringe whatsoever. I'm not even surprised. Can you imagine how many of those elderly people, or elderly, I'm sorry, that have dentures, they can take them out and it's just gums? Like... Like, you can imagine the blowjobs that happen there. Old people are still can still get horny. There's medications for that. There's old women that get frisky. There's uh, old dudes, which is, you know, common throughout history that they're always going to be perverts. You just need to pop them a really good pill and they're on it. So, oh yeah, that doesn't bother me one bit. I mean, it's just, you know, they're old. They're old and wrinkly. And there's going to be more things slapping, but they're still going to get it on. Interesting. <laughs> see, 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 so there you go. Okay, so next one here. Now, bear with me. The average speed at which semen is ejaculated from the penis is 28 miles per hour, according to a widely cited finding from the Kinsey Institute. A man's ejaculations travel at surprisingly, perhaps even alarming speed 
For reference, 28 miles an hour is 20% faster than a record-setting sprint made by Usain Bolt at the 2008 Olympics and three-fourths as fast as Secretariat's record-setting pace at the 1973 Belmont Stakes. So it would be very illegal for a man to ejaculate in a school zone then. I mean, there's other reasons, but, you know, that's, that's one of them. It's going to be past the speed limit. You have to drive slow in school zones. Only you can make that connection. I'm just, I'm just saying. Um, I mean, it's kind of weird too when they say they can go that fast, and then you just can't. Then you can imagine it's just now a bunch of little micro demon children just shooting up and going out, you know, right straight through somebody's body because of how fast it's going out. But I mean, science is weird. Um, but I mean, again, I don't know what that feels like where it just, you know, comes out and just goes to zoom. That'd be cool if it made a sound effect going pew, pew, pew. Of course, next time, you know, the next time I do, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to have one of those uh, speed trap guns ready just in case. <sighs> yeah, do it. One of those. All right, I'm going. Wait, I got to get my thing. <laughs> you're like, you're ready? Okay, not yet. Hold on. I'm thinking my speed trap gun. And <laughs> third and final one. Ooh, boy. Buckle down, folks. Crocodile dung and sour milk were once used as contraceptive. Oh, yeah, in ancient Egypt, yeah. I know that. That's scary you know that. Well, we've literally talked about this before. I'm a huge ancient Egyptian buff. And then on top of that, there's not much that really disturbs me. I mean, my Google search image history very much has done that. But uh, the amount of things I've put in our own Discord, I mean, you really, really have to turn up the dial on this game by at least 100 to even get me to cringe. But... All the very facts, you're like, oh, you want to see if it's going to make me cringe or how I'm going to react. It's just stuff I pretty much already know. Yeah, good point. Good point. Okay, so so we'll skip over that one, and we'll do a bonus third one before we end the show here. This one's a pretty tame one, but to me, it kind of eh. During one kiss, you and your partner exchange 80 million bacteria. Now, of course... Of course, our bodies are home to an ecosystem more than 100 trillion microorganisms. And, you know, of course, there's no really big fear. Neither, neither the mouth or the bacteria, by at large, is, is, is very harmful. It's not harmful, not at all. So 80 million bacteria during one kiss. What do you think about that one? Bacteria that I share when I, do a, when I give a blowjob. See, I really have no retort to that one. <laughs> it's during one kiss, woman. One kiss, eighty million bacteria. But no, you had to had to go for the low hanging fruit. No pun intended. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a kiss. I mean, it's you know, there's your your mouth collecting the particles in the air from eating from whatever you're doing, touching your hands. I mean, your your mouths are everything about you is germs. Germs is literally in bacteria, is literally everywhere. So, but if you're gonna study that where it's just one kiss, I mean. What about Uja? What if a guy, or I mean, or girl, what if someone goes down on a vagine and like how much bacteria are, is, is the person eating out the vagina, like giving the bacteria or is the vagina giving the bacteria? Or is it just a combination, but which one is giving out more bacteria than the other is what I'm thinking about. I gotta Google this. <laughs> As she's Googling all this fun stuff, as we come to the close of this particular show, the see, I mean, it took a really good turn, took a bizarre turn, but a good turn nevertheless. We always have to end on something uplifting. 
and blowjobs and bacteria that's uplifting as well no pun intended so where can people find you dear ashley just like their lady on instagram that's the only place you're gonna find me if you find me anywhere else don't add me or i'm gonna block you because it's private and of course you can find me and this show like the outer context the root of all ashley the slacky majestically the walker ac experience on walker ac76.podb.com that's walker ac76.podb.com also show some love for cafe press dot com forward slash w a c e and of course we are on 20 different free platforms whether it be google podcasting spotify iHeartRadio, or even amazon so download us like us subscribe hit that thumbs up button keep us going because without you there's no us and come on where else can you listen to a bizarre show like this in the vast podcasting land so do you have anything for us, dear Ashley, before we go off into the great yonder until next week? Oh, wait, hold on. Uh, wait. I actually, I wasn't even joking. I actually am Googling this. Um, it's just a lot of things, but I'm not seeing the exact amount of bacteria because it's just showing with the kiss. I'm like, no, I legit put sex there. Oh, was, was I talking about a kiss? No. But um, let's see. Is oral sex good for microbiome both oral and vaginal sex increase the abundance of lactobacillus in the male oral in penile macrobiota gingivitis has also been reported after oral sex so i can imagine it's a lot of bacteria that's going there that i mean that's just like the base oh my god it's like when you orgasm it's the big bang <laughs> So, I mean, should I use Listerine on it? I mean, so so much bacteria. I mean, Listerine does kill 98% of bacteria. That's just, just a little food for thought. Yeah, I mean, you can do that. Or it can be Lysol where it's 99%. Or you just don't clean it out and you let it just sit there and you think about how much of a hoe you are. Hmm, oh, that is pretty true. Or, or you can use the Clorox wipe. I mean, that... You can do that. You can do that. I mean, considering in fact we're in the germaphobe age, I mean, you could use, you know, like the squirt bottle, you know, sand, hand sanitizer, but not that that might quite burn on both ends. So depending on who you go down, you'll probably already have a squirt bottle happening. Yeah, exactly. Niagara Falls. Okay, and also, now see, I have to toss in this last one here. Death, death during sex is more common than you think. The most common root of causes of death during sex may include number of cardiac episodes as well as brain hemorrhaging and uh, yeah, that would be the best way to go out man i remember i've had like the best orgasm of my life and i thought it would have killed me and my god like if i don't get that kind of reaction on my husband when i give him a blowjob i just didn't do a good job but wouldn't that be the best way to go i mean anyone that died from having sex I mean, good job. Good for you. Well, I mean, that is in a very bizarre way recycling. If you really think about it. Oh, my God. You are welcome. So, what do you have for us before we end off the show? <laughs> well, um, you know, since we're talking about serial killers and things like that, we didn't even touch baseball Jeffrey Dahmer, which is fine. Uh, because everyone and their brother pretty much knows about him at this point, thanks to Netflix. But... I made this joke just perfect for this episode. 
What do you give a cannibal that's late to dinner? What? The cold shoulder. Oh my god. Good night, everybody.